There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense. Like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to our final, unfortunately, our final episode of NFL Friday today of WFUV's NFL podcast. I'm Tyler Hu, joined by Matt Benson and Sebastian Seabach. We're coming off of one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. We got a lot of action here between the games, a lot of great storylines after the game between the Chiefs and the Eagles. We had a great performance from Rihanna during the halftime show. We had a couple of post-Super Bowl Twitter beefs between some players, some retired players. And it's kind of bittersweet. It's kind of sad that football season is officially over and we've entered off-season mode. But before I begin, Matt, Sebastian, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I mean, it's been a tough week to to say the least. Yeah, it's been a tough uh, one. For Sunday you, huh? night was pretty rough for me, but I, every day's getting better. And uh, it was it was entertaining to watch the beef between TikTok Boy Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> and AJ Brown. I thought that was very entertaining, but. We still lost the Super Bowl, so it's kind of tough. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm doing well, you know. Uh, it's always good to see the Eagles lose. Uh, obviously, uh, the season they had is not to be sneezed at, 14-3 and overall. And, you know, making it all the way to the Super Bowl. This team was legit. And I think, you know, this is a, a great step in the franchise moving forward. They'll be back. They'll be back for sure. And, you know, that performance by Jalen Hurts was nothing short of outstanding. But, you know, I think this was a great Super Bowl great rivalry moving forward and i think we'll see these teams again at some point in the future absolutely a showdown between two brothers for the first time in nfl history um between travis and jason kelsey travis coming out on top six receptions for 81 yards and uh the chief's first touchdown of the game to even it up at seven apiece but both teams played out of their minds um one to me one of the best super bowls in nfl history uh definitely one of the best in recent memory and it was such an evenly matched game too. You think about it, both teams coming in fourteen and three, top of their uh, top of their conferences, two best teams in football. Clearly, you can think Eagles. The Eagles have the best roster in the NFL. I think that's still a common opinion. And then the Chiefs have the Grim Reaper himself, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. And that guy himself played out of his mind. He can't played with pretty much one ankle and just adrenaline and we don't know what drugs they gave him at halftime but you know he played out of his mind won his second Super Bowl MVP broke the Super Bowl MVP the MVP curse uh an MVP had never won a Super Bowl until since 1999 Kurt Warner did it Patrick Mahomes goes out there and does it wins the regular season MVP wins Super Bowl MVP in the same year 21 of 27 182 passing yards three touch passing touchdowns also ran for 44 yards and including that huge 26-yard run on one ankle. I don't know how he did it, but 
Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think it's particularly close. What really impressed you guys about his performance? It was it was just crazy what he was able to do in all facets of the game, whether it was running even after his injury, which was just crazy. And then he only threw for 182 yards, but he made the most of it with his three touchdowns. And like you said earlier, is I think the Eagles had the better roster top to bottom, mm-hmm. except for quarterback and tight end. Yeah. And Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, which we'll get to in a little bit. <laughs> but it really shows how important Patrick Mahomes is to his team because – even an injured Patrick Mahomes was able to make the complete difference in the second half of that game. Yeah, I think, you know, the most impressive part about that game, you know, was, you know, his ability to complete passes at such a high rate and, like, for a lot of yards, too, in general, uh, 21 for 27, 182 yards. But I think the thing that impressed me most overall was, you know, his ability to run the ball even after the injury. I think that's something that, you know, the Eagles were definitely not expecting during that game. They kind of dropped back in coverage and, you know, they allowed Patrick Mahomes to test that ankle and get those free yards, and that's mm-hmm. something that, you know, he definitely showed a lot of heart that game. Yeah, when he got injured, uh, he got tackled on a little gain by – he got tackled by TJ Edwards by the ankle, and it was a perfectly clean hit, obviously. But I was like, oh, no, this game, the the Eagles are already ahead. I think they were ahead by 3 or 10 at the time. I'm not sure, but it was like right before halftime. I was like, oh, no, this game's over. Uh, I know the Chiefs are getting the ball at halftime, but – Mahomes with one ankle. We saw him do it against the Jaguars, and the Jaguars are a good team with all due respect, but there, there's levels to this. The Eagles are far superior to the Jaguars, and I was like, oh, no. Like, this is a t- Eagles defense. Their front, uh, their front four pretty much – they were what, third in NFL history with 70 regular season sacks, third in total history with 78 total sacks. I was like, they're going to eat him alive in the second half. It's over. And then – he comes out there and just absolutely dominates on with his arm, with his legs. You can say, okay, 182 passing yards is nothing special, but Mahomes was just dicing up that Eagles defense with doing whatever he wanted, which was really impressive. It shocked me. Yeah, same with me. I think the biggest thing in this game was the zero sacks that, that was mm-hmm. allowed by the Chiefs' offensive line. It seemed like every time the Eagles' defensive front would try and do a rush, they were just getting stifled right from the start. Patrick Mahomes had a lot of time in the pocket, and on top of that, the running game for Kansas City was was able to take full control. It seemed like the Chiefs' offensive line was just dominant throughout the entire game. Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at it in a similar way. Like, if you go back to the previous matchup against the 49ers, you know, the the 49ers' offensive line just completely collapsed. You know, the Chiefs, with another top offensive line, you know, they were able to protect Patrick Mahomes much better than the 49ers protected Brock Purdy. So I think, you know, they allowed uh, you got to give credit to that offensive line for allowing Patrick Mahomes to make plays and the plays that he did make you know they were they were very good absolutely i mean mahomes played out of his mind got to give a lot of credit to the offensive line they were counted out by many um before before the Super Bowl. They were said everybody's like, okay, Hassan Reddick's gonna have two or three sacks. They're gonna just pick on Orlando Brown. They're gonna pick on guys and just dominate. No, they did the exact opposite. They came out there, set the tone from the get go. Um, were able to run. They ran for 150. Chiefs ran for 158 yards, average 6.1 yards per carry. Um, Holmes didn't get sacked. They scored four offensive touchdowns, and it's really impressive to see. If you remember the last time the Chiefs won a Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. They were Patrick Mahomes was under constant duress. He was on his side throwing footballs from his side. Um, they addressed their problems big time. They shored up that offensive line, turned it from a bunch of turnstiles to one of the best units in the NFL. And 
you thought everybody was like, okay, you know how Tra- Travis Kelsey said it in their uh, during the parade, nobody believed in us. Everybody counted us out. It wasn't about the Super Bowl because the che- the Eagles are only one and a half point favorites. It's about the whole season. They lose Tyreek Hill, lose a bunch of guys. You're like, oh no, this they're gonna lose their grip over the AFC West. They go out there and lead the whole conference. They go fourteen and three. This is a very dominant Chiefs team, and I don't want to start dynasty talk, but they've won two Super Bowls. They've been to three in the last five years. Are we on the precipice of another dynasty? I think it's safe to call them a dynasty. They've made five straight AFC Championship games, and they've made three Super Bowls now in those five years, winning two. Like This is looking like one of the best five-year runs of all time by any team. I think you could. This is definitely up there in terms of you know calling this team a dynasty. I mean, the Chiefs, they have a franchise quarterback now. They have a head coach now in Andy Reid. It's, it's basically the New England Patriots all over again. So, but this time it's the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. So I think, you know, this is a team that, you know, other teams are looking to be at the very top. So, like, if you if you want to get past anyone in the playoffs, you have to get past the Chiefs because they are the top team that always makes it every year. Absolutely. The Chiefs have five straight AFC Conference Championship appearances, three Super Bowls in four years, and they've won two of them. We're, I, I don't know if it's time to call them the dynasty just yet, but they I think one more ring or one more Super Bowl appearance, and they're dynasty certified. Yeah, and I feel like it's usually yeah. three. I think it's three. got to get three of them, and they're right there. Um, I don't think they're slowing down anytime soon, as long as Mahomes and Reed are there. Andy Reed coached the best game of his life, by the way, on Sunday. Play, coached an absolutely perfect game, was dicing up that Eagles defense. But let's go over to the Eagles real quick. Obviously, very unfortunate ending to the game. That holding penalty, we're going to talk about in a second, but I want to go back to the the front. Mr. Jalen Hurts himself, number one, played probably one of the best games of his life. And obviously, he did have that fumble. That was recovered for a touchdown by Nick Bolton, but let's not take anything away from this. Jalen Hurts played out of his mind. Four total touchdowns, 304 passing yards, 70 rushing yards. Just looked in control the whole game. And if there's any doubts about Jalen Hurts being that guy for the Eagles... Just dead it right now. That guy is a one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL. Hard worker, young, always improving. And Matt, you're an Eagles fan. How confident are you in Jalen Hurts right now going forward from on a scale of like one to ten? Like the guy has proven himself. Yeah, just because Patrick Mahomes is a ten, I would say he's like a good eight and a half to nine. Just watching what he was able to do in the Super Bowl, the week leading up to it, mm-hmm. and the things that he said even post the Super Bowl, just just the amount of I guess honesty, honor, and respect that he has, just as a human being, on top of himself as a football player, it's it makes me a great fan of Jalen Hurts. And then his Super Bowl performance was just incredible. Any doubts that we had after his time at Alabama in that Super Bowl game when he was taken out after the first half, those are all wiped away. This man put up 375 yards and four touchdowns in the biggest game in the entire world in one of the best Super Bowls of all time against Patrick Mahomes, who you know, is one of the already going to be one of the all-time greats, and he held his own out there, and I'm I'm so excited to see what he has in the future. Jalen Hurts is yeah, your he played out of his mind. Go ahead. I mean, Jalen Hurts is your franchise quarterback. If you're an Eagles fan, I mean, he's kind of like he's kind of perfect for that team. You know, mm-hmm. running running pass. You know, there were questions coming in the seasons like, oh, Jalen Hurts is not really a passer; he's just a runner. Well, yeah. no, he could pass when you need to. And I think part of that too is that the team is also well coached. 
uh, with Nick Sirianni and that offense. And that offense just works so well together. I'm really, I, I've just like, I coming from a Giants fan, we see the Eagles twice a year, and they ran us over twice, technically. Three times. Yeah, well, yeah, technically three times. You yeah. know, I'm just really impressed with how well coached this team is. And I, I don't I don't think this is the last time, you know, we'll be seeing them in the Super Bowl stage. Absolutely. I do think this Eagles team is the clear best team in the NFC. Um, obviously, you can say the 49ers, but their quarterback problems are plenty. They they go through like five quarterbacks a year, which really sucks. But, you know, the Eagles have that formula to win. They run the ball amazingly. And obviously, you're going to say they're going to lose Miles Sanders most likely this offseason. I think Kenneth Gainwell is the better running back. You got Jalen Hurts, who's that dual threat, who's just getting better by the year. It's so impressive to see. And you should... It's just, it's really good to see a guy who works hard and he's rewarded for his efforts. And Jalen Hurts has done all that. He the, the deep throws. He was making some unbelievable deep throws to Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. And just he just looks like that. He you look at him, you're just like, yeah, I want that guy on my team right there. And it's so unfortunate that he didn't get to come home, come home with a Super Bowl because he played out of his mind. All credit to him. But the ending it's really unfortunate. Let's be honest. That holding penalty on James Bradbury, Seabuck, I'm going to start off with you because you're not an Eagles fan. I want to get that neutral perspective real quick. How do you feel about that holding penalty? Do you think it was an honest hold or do you think it was kind of BS? I mean, you know, I think it was like it kind of was an honest hold. It was a holding. It was a holding, in, mm-hmm. uh, I think. But, you know, I feel like the holding penalty was definitely called before the ball was thrown. So it would be like, all right, I just kind of like, you know, let it play out so I like basically I kind of determined it in a way in which oh would the receiver Juju Smith-Schuster in this case would he would he have caught the ball right. if the penalty did not occur and it was pretty slight and I think you know the ball was kind of well overthrown him so um I think you know technically by book it's the correct call but I think you know a lot of us as fans definitely wanted to see it play out yeah, I would say the same thing. I think I think it was a holding call, and I think if it's the first quarter or the first half, you can make that call and it's okay. But for right. it to be the last two minutes of an incredibly close Super Bowl right. in such a such a big play at the end of the game, I think you got to hold the flag. And yeah. the only the only caveat to that is, if say they don't throw the flag there, Patrick Mahomes throws an incomplete pass. You know, five minutes later they're going to show on the screen, wow, the refs missed this holding penalty. So at the same time. You know, it could. It's such a close play. Obviously, I wanted to see it play out just because it would have been really cool to watch, to see if Jalen Hurts could have a game-winning drive in the last minute, thirty seconds of the game. Better for the storyline, but it was it was a holding penalty. I think you know, either way it goes, holding, not holding. If it wasn't called holding, I think it would still be talked about. Like, oh, should have this been a penalty? Exactly. So, exactly. So, like, I think it goes both ways. It's just too close. But I think, you know, them throwing the flag kind of decided the game. Yeah, and, definitely. It definitely decided And the game. it kind of just gave the game to the Chiefs. So uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, if they didn't throw the flag, it would, be, it would definitely have been interesting to see how Jalen Hurts would have done moving forward. Absolutely. And you got to see after the flag was thrown, it was first and 10. Um, Jarek McKinnon, I'm pretty sure, was able to just run out of the clock, slide. It was a genius play. Yeah, unbelievable. Very smart play. High IQ. And, I mean... He was able to do that. They were able to ice the game, and Jalen Hurts slipped on the Hail Mary. And let's talk about the slip real quick before we move on. That field was horrible. Let's be honest. What, what was the NFL doing? They said they were growing out the grass for two years. cost $800,000. Why would you test new grass out in the biggest stage of the biggest stage of the league, the biggest sporting event in America? Why are you doing that? 
It was, it was ridiculous. It Honestly, the field looked like a fairway on a golf course really with how did. many divots there were. Like, there were some foot-long divots just from guys sliding all over the ground. I remember mm-hmm. looking for Hassan Reddick to make a make a big sack, and all I saw was him just, like, face-planting on the ground. And it's like... If if the, in the trenches <laughs> if in the trenches you can't you can't actually like create establish footing and like yeah establish cut, footing yeah. create friction with the ground then it's really hard to play a football game that way. I mean, I think you just kind of saw it all night. You saw like players slipping in general, and you know, I think I think you know it, it kind of it wasn't pretty to watch. That's what I'll say. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, it kind of made him look a little bit bad at the end of the game with the slip at the end and the Hail Mary. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's like like NFL, I, I guess, like, they were testing out new grass. Why wasn't, well, why wasn't this tested, like, five years before or something like right. that? So I think, you know, it's kind of a unprofessional move by them in the sense in which, like, you know, they're testing things out which they're uncertain of and then just testing it on the biggest stage in the world when you get there. And obviously did not go well. Yeah, I mean, they really dropped the ball with that, if we're being honest. Um, pretty much a perfect Super Bowl, and they messed up by doing that. You see Isaiah Pacheco on his touchdown. He slipped right, for, right before he hit his little I just want to rock celebration, the little Uzi celebration. He slipped. And that, that I mean, he could have gotten hurt by doing that. That's pretty very irresponsible of the NFL. And I hope this never happens again. But all in all, amazing Super Bowl. But from that Super Bowl comes co- new coaching hires. We're going to move on to new the Eagles. First of all, new brand new staff besides Sirianni. You got new coordinators coming in. On that end, um, Shane Steichen, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, gets hired by the Indianapolis Colts to become their head coach. Uh, Steichen has done a really good job as the Eagles offensive coordinator. How are we feeling about this? I'm going to start off with you, Matt. Yeah, I think it's a great move for both him and the Colts. I think heading into this year, he was one of the highest offense, highest rated offensive coordinators, and projected to be a head coach going into next year. And the Eagles, we we all know it. Their offense was dominant this year, both running and passing the ball. And I think it's going to be a good situation for him coming in. It's it reminds me a little bit of when Frank Reich went and took over right. as well. But I think he's gonna get he's gonna get a three year window to try and rebuild this team, which I think is great for especially for a first time head coach. And he's shown it throughout his career so far. He was with the Chargers. He helped. He helped towards the end of Philip Rivers' career. He helped develop the early Justin Herbert, and then he helped develop Jalen Hurts. So, whoever Indianapolis is going to have as their quarterback next year, hopefully it's a young rookie instead of Matt Ryan. <laughs> I, hopefully he can help develop him in his first couple of years. Yeah, I think you absolutely nailed it, Matt. I mean, the Colts in general, you know, they're just a team with a kind of lost cause. You know, you don't really know where they're exactly going to go these days. They have a lot of holes. Uh, obviously with Matt Ryan, a quarterback right now, Carson Wentz in the past, they had so many different, they had, I'd say, I think they had like five different quarterbacks in the past five years. So yeah, you, they all stink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> except for Philip and Philip Rivers was the best one. So right. you, you don't really know where the Colts are going to go, but they're definitely going to be looking for a quarterback in the upcoming draft. And I think, you know, this new hire by the Colts, um, I think that, this is this is going to be real test. He's going to have that three year window, and I think you know, Matt. There's I, I think there's a possibility that someone else starts in the Colts this year, and then their upcoming quarterback will start later in the season. So I don't think this will be the season that will be the determining factor for Steichen. But I think mm-hmm. it's like the next season after that will be the determining factor. 
Yeah, the Colts currently hold the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft. I think everybody knows that they want to trade up. Um, they've Jim Mercer has talked a little bit about, about really liking Bryce Young, who to me I think is probably the number one overall pick if he if um, Chicago trades out. Obviously, I believe that Chicago is going to roll through, forward with Justin Fields, but if Indy trades up, they get their franchise quarterback. There's not many guys I'd rather have coaching that franchise quarterback than Shane Steichen. Uh, he's done a real good job. You mentioned Justin Herbert and a couple other guys. He's proven himself as that guy and proven that he can coach offenses in many different ways, whether it's a pass-heavy offense or run-heavy offense or a little bit of both. He can uh, he can adapt really well. And I think the Colts knocked it out of the park with this one. But on the other side of things, Jonathan Gannon gets hired by the Arizona Cardinals. Um I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like we talked about this pre-show. I hate this hire. Uh, I think it's a really bad hire. Um, when Jonathan Gannon uh, and the Eagles defense played good uh, quarterbacks, or just even above average quarterbacks, they allowed 33 points per game at least. And we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, you can't really discount that. It's the best quarterback in the NFL, one of the best of all time. But it's a little worrisome. Uh, the Gannon hire, just it just doesn't feel very inspiring especially with this Cardinals team that is in such a limbo in such a bad spot they're th- they have the third overall pick this year uh we don't know what they want Kyler Murray has one ACL um and they're in a weird spot they just h- fired Cliff Kingsbury I mean Matt obviously you being an Eagles fan this Gannon hire uh, what do you think about this yeah, I'd say personal Eagles opinion aside, I still think it's a bad move by the Cardinals. I, I'm not a huge fan of hiring defensive-minded head coaches in the first place. We're going to see what happens with D'Amico Ryans and Jonathan Gannon this yeah. this offseason. Um, but it's it's such a weird move for the Cardinals because Cliff Kingsbury was such an offensive guru and then going to a defensive coordinator as their next head coach is a complete swing in the opposite direction. And they're just in a weird limbo, like you said, with Kyler Murray's going to be out for half the year. They have the third overall pick, so what are they going to use it on? They have a lot of holes, and they have a lot of aging veterans on their team. And what's the next move with DeAndre Hopkins? I, I don't know if hiring Jonathan Gannon was just the right move in general on top of his his own scheming flaws that we've seen that were exploited in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think, you know, th- there are definitely a lot of holes uh, within this Cardinals team. Uh, I'm I'm just kind of... Looking it up right now, you know, you mentioned Kyler Murray with the torn ACL. I mean, he's got one, two, three, four, four more years left on his contract. So Which I is think like fifty million. Yeah, a year exactly, almost. exactly. And I think he's the third highest paid quarterback right now in the NFL. So with that torn ACL, he's probably not going to be the same player that he once was. So, you know, if if you're the Cardinals right now, do you like consider possibly? making a trade or you know considering a quarterback you know maybe not this year but a couple years down the line because maybe Kyler Murray won't be that same quarterback but in terms of the hire you know I mean there are a lot of like like you kind of you guys kind of talked about it pre pre pre-show and then like the Eagles were just like up yep see you later and uh yeah so but if if you're a Cardinals fan right now you're probably not happy with the hiring Jonathan Gannon yeah, they left them at the airport. Um, as Matt mentioned, uh, they said Howie Roseman's like, "All right, you have a new job, have fun." I just don't know how I feel. I mean, no, I know how I feel about this. I don't like the hire at all. And for all I know, Jonathan Gannon could prove me very wrong. Um, he does have a lot of experience as a head, as a coach, as an assistant elsewhere. But this, to me, out of the fire of hires this off season, you got um, Shane Steichen. Obviously, we just talked about with the Colts. Frank Reich going to the Panthers. I think that's a good hire. 
Uh, Sean Payton, obviously we know Sean Payton very well. Broncos, new head coach. I think that's a good move. D'Amico Ryans, you did just mention it. I think D'Amico Ryans is a good move. Texans legend, led the number one defense in the league in the Eagles, and is very well respected. I think Gannon's a clear, least inspiring hire. I don't really like it. There's so many other guys you could talk about like, oh, they could have been better hires, but this one feels weird to me. And the Eagles, I feel like the Eagles are going to be fine letting Gannon go. Obviously, we talked about before the show, uh, they're going to replace Shane Steichen with Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach, have him in-house as the offensive coordinator. Do you know who Gannon's getting replaced by, or are they going to go into a little hiring cycle? They might go into a bit of a hiring cycle, because I'm guessing Gannon's going to take a lot of his defensive staff with him. Um, and I'm guessing Sirianni's going to want to change some of his schemes up, mm-hmm. especially with some of the holes that we had in our defense as the year went on against the solid quarterbacks that we faced. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Eagles will be fine, obviously. I think that it's a very enticing spot. Obviously, they have a ton of free agents. They're going to lose a lot of guys, but they draft well. They drafted guys to replace those guys, so I think that they're going to be in a fine spot. But we're going to talk about one last thing before we end the show. It's Derek Carr, uh, one of the <laughs> Raiders. Le- I'm going to call him a Raiders legend just because the Raiders don't really have much recent history. But Derek Carr, the franchise quarterback for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, just got released by the Raiders. Um, this obviously we saw this was a long time coming, um, and a team, a local team, the New York Jets are in desperate need of quarterback. Derek Carr's been linked to them. How are we feeling about that fit? And if not there, where do you guys see Derek Carr going? I mean, Derek Carr on the Raiders, I think, you know, it's kind of like his career has been kind of decimated by injuries and, like, poor coaching. So I think that, you know, it's kind of, like, not really entirely his fault with the way mm-hmm. he's performed, but I also wouldn't put him in that elite class. That yeah. being said, I think he would be a perfect fit for the Jets. The quarterback, like, the Jets literally had every single piece they wanted. Mm-hmm. Except at the quarterback position, which and they were dead la- actually 31st in the NFL. The only team with the worst quarterback rating was the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that was with Kenneth Pickett the entire year. So I think, you know, Derek Carr would be a perfect fit for that Jets team. He would bring that veteran presence that they need over Joe Flacco, who yeah. really just did not want to be there. Flacco should have retired eight years yeah, ago. Yeah, <laughs> after he won the Super Bowl. Right. But I think, you know, Derek Carr would definitely be a great fit for the Jets, change of scenery. Hopefully a chance to revive his career. And, you know, he doesn't really have to, like, be dominant. He just has to be good. Yeah, just be solid. He has to be solid, and the Jets make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the Jets are a good spot for him. Like, I, I actually didn't realize this, but Derek Carr's an eight-year vet to nine-year vet now He's in the league. He's been while. around for a while now. And he always seems to be kind of in that upper third to upper half of the league he's not he's he's not a top elite player mm-hmm. but he's always a solid quarterback and that's the big thing it's just injuries coaching team roster around him and the last year has kind of been a mess for the Raiders so I'm not really worried about that but I think if you had put him on the Jets this season they're a playoff team oh, because lock for a playoff absolutely and imagine what the combination of him and Garrett Wilson would be would be his arm plus Garrett Wilson's legs that's oh, exciting. That would be fun. And Elijah Moore, too. Elijah Moore, you got Garrett Wilson, a health, maybe a healthy Corey Davis, and then a healthy Brees Hall. I mean, I'm really excited for the Jets' future. I do think that Derek Carr is the perfect fit. I do think they should sign him, either him or Jimmy Garoppolo, but I do think Carr is in that echelon above, that tier above. I think that would be the perfect fit. But let's go to the Raiders for two, just a quick second. The Raiders currently hold the seventh overall pick in the upcoming draft. Um... This is a four-quarterback draft, really. It's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. 
Do you guys think they go quarterback through the draft or they try to roll with somebody else? They obviously ended the season with Jared Stidham, and let's be honest, that's not very inspiring. Do you think they go bridge quarterback and then draft somebody next year, or do you think they draft a quarterback this year, and who do you think that would be right off the top of your head? Um, I think it really just depends on how highly they rate, I guess, the third and fourth best quarterbacks in the draft. If they think they're worthy of that seventh overall pick, it's it's borderline. I think I think there's a chance they might go with a bridge quarterback this year to try and ease some of their salary cap in the offseason, ease it over the next offseason, and then the following year pick up a quarterback in the following 2024 draft. No, I think... Um... Well, the Raiders are not going to be good next season. I, I like. Yeah. I feel like that's the one thing that's kind of I'm I'm going to say because they're just not. They they don't really have a good quarterback in their system right now. Jared Stidham's not the answer. You're not going to get Bryce Young in the draft, so uh, he's he's they're too low in order to get him. He's going to go higher. But I think it, it kind of goes to a question if they're going to get that third or fourth quarterback available in the draft because there's definitely a hole in the quarterback position or. Do you go out and get a veteran, replace him for one year, and then draft another quarterback? So I think that could be another possibility, too. Um, I think they will draft a quarterback, but I also think that, you know, they're also sign a veteran, too, just to, like, help guide that quarterback out, um, fit within Josh McDaniels' scheme. Which is not much of a scheme, to be honest. Yeah, no. He's not not a very good coach. No, Um, he he was a good offensive coordinator for the Patriots. He's he's, just not a good head coach. He's not a good head coach. Uh... We don't really know what the Raiders are doing. I don't even think the Raiders know what they're doing. But, I mean, I'm excited for the offseason to begin. Um, we had a lot a lot of offseason ahead of us. It's unfortunate. Football season's officially over. But, you know, it's been another great football season. And I'm excited for the offseason, excited for draft season, free agency, whatever goes on from here to September. But that will do it for our final episode of NFL Friday for this 2022-2023 regular season. It's been a great one. I'm glad, glad that the season's over, and we, I'm glad it ended on a great note. But that being said, it's been a great episode. For Matt Benson and Sebastian Seabock, I'm Tyler Hill, signing off. <laughs>